Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, welcome back. This week on the podcast, we jump on the magic school bus and see what part of the body we get to explore. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action and adventure. So we take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't find any of these movies on anyone's tip, top ten list. Tip ten? Tip two. <laughs> but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these movies a second chance. Today's pick. Elaine's pick. On the podcast. <laughs> is Evolution. Starring. David, David Duchovny. Duchovny. Why don't he love from two thousand. This movie came out in 2001. In the year of our Lord, 2001. It was definitely underappreciated. No shit. It got a 6.1 out of 10 score on IMDb with a 40% Metacritic Metascore. It's not so great. And then a 48 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 42% Tomometer. I thought it was Tomater. I say Tomometer. <laughs> no, that's the no, thing. No, Tomater. Tomato Meter. Is what it's supposed to be, but thermometer? I started the thermometer. Thermometer. <laughs> I, I, you are not the only person who's had that argument. All right, well, we'll just put all that in the trebuchet and we'll throw it away. <laughs> the trebuchet. Stretch your butt. Stretch your butt. Yeah. So it had a <clears throat> budget of $80 million. And it made $98 million worldwide, but in the U.S., only $38 million. So, so we're gonna not say, so great. We're going to say it made its money back and. You know, you figure DVDs and but stuff. And probably we, took a long time. Well, see, and they don't go into... What they always say about in their production budget is advertising. Because it's a yeah. different fund. So that, what did you say, was 80 million? Yeah. That 80 million is probably more like 120 there, million. Yeah, I mean, there's only an 18 million difference between its complete worldwide mm -hmm. gross and the budget. So... And it says estimated budget, so who even knows what yeah, that is? Yeah, I remember when this movie came out, they did advertising, so they probably, you know, came out on the negative side on this. Maybe with DVD sales, they broke even. We'll hope with that. But you would have thought that this was a good movie. This was going to be a hit, because it was directed by Ivan Reitman, who directed a slew of wonderful movies. He produced a bunch of crap, but I was just looking at his direct, his directing specific credits. Mm -hmm. well, speak to Stripes. Me. Oh. Ghostbusters, Ooh. Twins, yeah. Ghostbusters 2, oh. Kindergarten Cop, eh. oh, Junior, like and in 2014, Draft Day, starring Kevin Costner. <laughs> Alright, so he's got a bunch of crap at the end Which there, but he started I, well, really strong. That movie is really good. You only think that because it's Kevin Costner. No, because Kevin Costner If you is put Colin good. Farrell in that role, you'd hate it. That's because Colin Farrell is no Kevin Costner. What's <laughs> <laughs> that shite? It was written... That's shite. Whatever she says is shite. By... Don Jacoby, who also wrote such great movies as Double Team and Arachnophobia. Hmm. And then David Diamond and David Westman, who are a writing team, who seem to be a writing duo, and mm -hmm. their two most well-known credits other than Evolution is Family Man. Good flick. And um, Old Dogs. Yeah. Oh, with John Travolta, Tim Allen. And, no, yeah. no, that's... Oh, that's Wild, Wild Dogs. dogs. Sorry. Old Dogs was um, Robin Williams. And um, I can't remember. It was a terrible, terrible movie that nobody saw. All right, moving on. So, what do you think going in, Carly? Me? Is that where we're at? I, yeah. I uh, <laughs> despite the fact that I was a junior in high school when this movie came out, and you'd think that I would know about stuff like this, I didn't. 
and I was completely not familiar with it. And my first thought was, so wait a minute, let me get something straight here. I hate to interrupt you, Carl. I'm sorry about that. But this is a movie you, that you didn't see. No, I did not see it. Holy wow. shit! Write that down, Tony. Have you heard of it? No, not that I realized. Holy sh she didn't hear of it either, Tony. <laughs> I said, I thought, is this Instant. like Biodome? Because no, I have no. actually seen that. And then yesterday, I was at my parents' house for my dad's birthday, and uh, and Aaron told me a little bit about the movie. So then I was like, I really hope it's not like Biodome. What she told me about David Duchovny and Julianne Moore I've and seen Biodome. I don't remember it being the worst movie I'd ever seen. It's not it's terrible. It's not much like this at all. No. no, it's not like this even a little but bit. But it just that's the Biodome first movie might be my second my favorite Polly Shore movie. Hmm. After Antino Man? No, after Son-in-Law. That's obviously the best. No. <laughs> Negatory. Okay. No way. So, what did you think going in, John? Oh, well, I thought, you know, I had seen this years and years and years ago when it came out. I, I remember the commercials, like I had mentioned earlier. So, I had a good grasp of what the movie was. So, I knew what I was expecting, what was going to happen, things like that. So, I was looking forward to being like, oh, crap. Because I know Elaine loves this movie, and it's not on my favorite movies list. So, it was a movie that I knew I was going to sit down and force myself to pay attention. <laughs> Tony? Um... I remember when this movie came out. It was back in the. Uh, Were you a junior in high school as well? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It was a bit. It was. It was close to the blockbuster era. So we had bought it, and and I worked at a comic book store at the time, and we watched it multiple times. And I hadn't seen it in a long time, but I remember you know enjoying it a lot when I was younger. So I was kind of excited to see it again. Mm. Never know, you know, how it's going to end up. I do want to point out that we own this movie on DVD, and it had been in our pile. Watch it one more time and maybe get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Well, we're definitely not getting rid of it. Keeping it. Damn. Keeping it forever. <laughs> so, uh... I mean, yay. Forever. Quick synopsis. Forever. The spirit of the mega-hit Ghostbusters is intentionally recalled with its effects-heavy science sci-fi comedy from the same director... Co it says co-starring Dan Aykroyd here, but it's so not true. Well, he is a star, and he's and, not the And star. it debuted on the 17th anniversary of the earlier film's release. When a meteor-bearing meteor single-celled organisms crash to the Earth, the life forms are initially confined to a cave. Before long, the creatures are evolving at an exponentially rapid rate, resulting in fearsome aliens running amok and possibly spelling mankind's doom, or at least the end of, a, end of man's domination over life on Earth. Investigating the phenomenon is a community college professor, Ira Kane, played by the wonderful David Duchovny. David Duchovny. Who everybody knows from X-Files and Californication. Oh, yeah. Great show. Great, great show. I've never seen California. Never heard of X-Files. What's oh, that about? His geologist friend, Harry Block, played by the wonderful Orlando Jones. Make, Make seven, seven up yours, man. Who uh, had a promising career start. But then kind of petered off, although he was wonderful in the replacements. He did, he was on 32 episodes of the Sleepy Hollow TV show, so maybe yeah, he's coming cool. back. Um, <clears throat> wannabe fireman Wayne Green, played by Sean William Scott. Who's uh, coming fresh off of American Pie fame. Yeah, American Pie, dude, where's my car? Um, he also had a promising film career that kind of, I think, PC. Out. I think his problem was that they kept um, dra uh, drafting, casting him for the same role. He played the same character. He played Stifler every time. Well, he wasn't really Stifler in this. It was a similar yeah. character, but mm -hmm. it wasn't just like, like when, the horn dog the guy. Like in Dukes, yeah, the rundown. Yeah. Dukes of Hazzard. He played the same character. He was there the was dude no bro, difference. but I mean, he wasn't like the horn dog here. But yeah, but and I kind of think that mm -hmm. culture turned away from that type of character. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah it was, we had seen yeah. enough of it. It was like, all right, it was funny in American <laughs> Pie, but after the second one, 
we're done. Government, but he was in Role Models, which is an amazing movie. Again, he played the same. Yeah, same character. That was he a better that, movie. He played oh, that right. same character kind of grown up, and this yeah, is what I happens. Minotaur. Yeah, we should watch <clears> that again. Government scientist Allison Reed, is played by Julianne Moore, who I find her to be hit or miss, but I really much enjoyed her in Nine Months and um, lately in Crazy Stupid Love. Mm. And then... Um, I didn't like her Crazy Stupid Love. It's because she slept with David Lynn Hagen. Well, nobody likes people who sleep with David Lynn Hagen. I haven't seen Crazy Stupid Love. You haven't seen Crazy Stupid Love? Oh, wow. All right. I have a recommendation for you. I got two reviews. For your next, because it's underappreciated. Okay. So for your next movie, I want you to, to watch, give it a, th- you know. Give it a watch. Give it a watch. See if you like it. Little I got two reviews. Do you want the good review, the bad review, or do you want to guess? I want to guess. <laughs> I hold the following truth. This is by Denison Howe of the Washington Post. I hold the following truths to be self-evident. You should not smoke. You should not steal. You should not mur- murder. And you should not see evolution. This is definitely <laughs> a bad one. There are so one. many degrees of bad when it comes to movies. It would take some kind of du- <laughs> divining rod to differentiate the subtle, subtle differences. In the absence of such an instrument, let me put it simply, evolution is bad. How bad? Who cares? Do you ask how hot the fire is before running out of a burning building? <laughs> no, you just run for safety. So, run! <laughs> Three, no, four exclamation points. Wow. So he did not enjoy this. What's funny is Tony wrote that. Yeah. This, uh, my second review is a 9 out of 10 by Eric. And he says, I love this movie. I've seen it a number of times now, and the combined talent of David Duchovny and the rest of the actors, along with a very funny script, really shines. It's an amusing, sarcastic movie that takes full advantage of Duchovny as a straight man, something he showed he's a master of during the X-Files years. And I think the studio really missed the boat on the way this film was marketed, and subsequently very few people ever saw it. Which he, I don't really remember very much about the marketing of this movie, but I do remember seeing it in the theater. I don't remember seeing the theater. Where'd you go? Oh, this was two thousand one. I'm pretty sure you were out to see. Oh, so she was dating her boyfriend. I don't like that comment very much. Mm. I don't think we should get into that on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> fighting was last week. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so the movie opens. We get some. Get what looks to be stars. And we kind of zoom out, and it's a meteor or an asteroid. I don't know the difference. <laughs> it's going through space, and then it starts plummeting to Earth. Mm-hmm. We see it hit the atmosphere and kind of break off into pieces. Then we flash to a night scene. It's the desert. A blue car pulls up. A man gets out. He seems to be dressed as a fireman. He opens the trunk of his car and pulls out a gas can and a dummy. (laughs) And you're like, what is this fool doing? And he goes to, he takes this dummy and this gas can to a shack and lights the shack on fire. And then he lights it on fire, takes the timer out, starts a stopwatch, and goes and rescues the dummy. And he obviously is practicing for some sort of fireman's test. All of a sudden... He looks up, kind of hears a noise, mm-hmm. and he sees something falling out of the sky, and he's like, what's that? And he runs, because it's heading straight for him, and it hits his fucking car. Mm. Flips 
his classic, oh, what did it, what was it? It was some kind of Buick. Classic Buick Riviera, I think. And 20 feet in the air, flips over, and lands on its side. And there's a giant crater, and he's very, very shocked. He doesn't know what the fuck has just happened. Mm -hmm. That is Wayne, our aspiring firefighter. We flash to the next day, and we're at Glen Canyon Community College. And we see a class. We got our good old biology professor, Ira, played by the wonderful and talented David Duchovny. <laughs> and he's handing out exams, letting everybody know that just about everybody got an A. And then there's these two students sitting in the front, Danny and Deke. Now, they seem like they wouldn't be very important characters, but they come back pretty often throughout the movie. We got Deke, who uh, is played by Ethan Supley, I guess that's how you say his name, and he's um, the guy they can't see the sailboat in Mallrats. <laughs> it's a schooner. <laughs> and then we got Danny, his brother, played by Michael Brower, who uh, was uh, on Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> and uh, they say, um, Professor, I think you've made a mistake, because we only got... C minuses. And old Ira is not very nice. And he makes fun of them to the whole class. Because they both wrote identical papers entitled yeah. Cells Are Bad about, about their, uncle. their uncle who's in prison. Not say, about biology. I don't know if he's really not that nice. Because he still <laughs> gave them C's. But yeah. clearly they don't know shit about cells. And he clearly said his standards were not what they were used to. But he just couldn't give it an A. And then they seem pretty happy about it. Yeah, because they got C's. I'm sure for Still guys passing. like them, that's quite a feat. But it kind of introduces Ira as a professor who maybe doesn't care anymore. Yeah, his give a shit turned off a long time ago. And then we uh, flash to our second main character there, Harry, our, geolo our geology professor. He's on the phone taking a phone call about a meteor strike, promises he'll go check it out, and uh, he's uh, meeting with a student about, she's concerned <laughs> about her grade, he seems to be concerned about maybe getting in her pants. Mm -hmm. She wants to be Miss Arizona? Miss Arizona. And she needs to have a well-rounded platform. Right. But, Including uh, nursing school. And I was like, okay, I almost went to nursing school. Geology, not a required course. <laughs> It's a movie. I know. Biology? She should have been in that class. She would have gotten an A, too. She probably needed a biology class if she's going to be in nursing school, but who knows? I don't know. I hope that Miss Arizona works out for her. It does. It actually does. At the end of the movie, she's wearing a Miss Arizona <laughs> That's sash. right. I forgot about that. Somebody goes, oh, well, I'm glad they closed that storyline up. I would have been up all night worried about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. By the time this movie ended, I was... You were happy it was over? I didn't no. notice it, but Tony did. I did not notice Nadine in the background. I was more go writing notes about why stuff that was happening in fire trucks. About maybe important stuff <clears throat> to the movie. I looked down too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he's interrupted by Ira, and he's like, hey, are we going to lunch? And Harry's like, yeah, we just have to make a stop. So they drive out into the desert, and... We get to the meteor strike site, and we've got poor Wayne, who's being held there by the police, who haven't let him go in, because they want to know why he's out there. And he's like, as I have explained, I'm practicing for my firefighter's test. Which started seven minutes, minutes ago. ago. 
Can I go? And there's some officers flipping his car, and he's like, be careful with that. She's a classic. <laughs> and uh, they do let him go. They let him take the car, which I did not see coming. I really was like, they wouldn't have let him take the First of all, is it even drivable? Apparently he's going to try. But second of all, the meteor hit it. <laughs> <laughs> but I said it's in the middle of nowhere, so they may have different rules. It's not, not exactly a city. When we saw him in the car, it kind of, I was like, well, why wouldn't they <laughs> let him take his car? It's, it works. And the meteor isn't attached to his car. Like, if the meteor was in his car, then no. But, like, it just, it couldn't actually have struck his car. It had to have struck nearby, and the shockwave propelled it. But uh, Harry and Ira, using Ira's, uh, or, I'm sorry, Harry's uh, credentials for the USGS, United States Geological <laughs> Survey, which who knew that Harry was a part of that? He and just signed up online. That's all you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being a priest. And uh, he taught, they talked their way through the cop, past the cops <clears throat> into the cavern. And when they go down there, they find a bunch of cops taking pictures with it. Like you would. Like you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think. They go to take a sample of it. And Ira says, it's bleeding. And Harry says, it's a rock that bleeds? And Ira goes, now that's really peculiar. <laughs> Some quality dialogue right here. <laughs> <laughs> it is because of the way it's delivered. Because it's just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But yet it's so dry. And there's a lot of this just real dry line delivery. The chemistry between the company and Orlando are pretty, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You, you really believe that they're friends and they fuck with each other and stuff. But they take a sample of the goo and then they leave. And they're back at the lab. And Ira is doing tests. And Harry is complaining about he's not really sure about his work with the USGS. He doesn't know how it's going to make him a better... Division three girls volleyball coach, and maybe he needs to give it up. It does look good on his resume, though. And Ira is like, don't worry, I will do all the work. Which is really seems what Harry was concerned about, that he might actually have to do work. Mm-hmm. And Ira's like, don't worry, I got this. Well, see, Harry actually grades his students' stuff and gives them extra credit and works with them, whereas Ira doesn't do shit with his students, so he has plenty of free time to do that now he's curious about this and he's interested so he's like fuck that i don't have grades to do they all get a's i want to work on this <laughs> but harry's is like you know harry has a game he's got to go coach and i was like i got this you go ahead and so ira's looking at the slide and all of a sudden he sees cells see cells on the slide and he's watching them and as he's watching them they start to divide and he zooms out a little bit, and he sees all these cells dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing. And they divide so much that they break the slide. And he also runs a DNA test on them, some sort. I don't even understand how they, what this is happening, because it doesn't seem like that science checks out. But they have ten base pairs of their DNA, which is very exciting. So then we flash to the volleyball game, and we see Harry is an excellent coach. <laughs> or is he? 
his ladies seem to not be doing so well, and he's doing your typical, I'm going to yell at them, coach kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ira interrupts to tell Harry that there are life forms, and that they have ten base pairs. And Harry, yeah, I was like, or well, Harry's, Harry's like, like, I don't know what that means. Great for them. And I was like, the DNA of all terrestrials only have four base pairs. Yep, all life on Earth. So it's pretty G-C-T-A. exciting. GCTA. So it's definitely an alien life form. So they go, I guess Harry just leaves the game. Yeah, I guess. Sure. It might have been about over anyway. Because they go into the, because we see them walking down the hall, and Harry is asking about Nobel Prizes. And if they get the money in installments at all once. And, <laughs> a million dollar prize. You know. He's very concerned about it. And they go into Ira's office. And Harry looks at the slide. And he says, I'm no scientist, but how many cells does a single cell organism have? <laughs> and Ira says, if we're going to be big, important scientists, you're going to have to start acting the part. <laughs> but Harry gets Ira to look at it. And it is now a multi-celled organism. Mm-hmm. I'm still rapidly dividing. They've evolved. They've evolved 200 million years worth of evolution in 20 minutes. So it's a pretty pretty big deal, and they're very, very excited. And also, maybe a little freaked out. I'd be a Well, I would out. be. I would be freaked out. Yeah, very much. <laughs> I'd be like, um, something's going to happen here in the next 24 hours. I don't even want to know. <laughs> These things would be crawling off the slides. Right. But now we flash to the fireman's test, which really is weird about this timeline because they took samples. There was a volleyball game. Is this the next day? Who knows? Because he said he was late. Mm-hmm. But we flash to the fireman's test, and poor Wayne is exhausted. He'd been out all night with the police, and they're, he, they're all the trainees are lined up in line, and he's asleep on his feet. And they say, go! And they've just got to pick up their hose and race up the ladder and put out this fake fire. And he's asleep. <laughs> and they come and they yell in his face and wake him up. So he runs for the ladder, but he forgets his hose. And he runs back and he gets his hose. And he starts climbing the ladder. And epic fail. The hose flops over his shoulder and hits him in the ding-ding. Hits him in the balls. Right in the mommy-daddy butt. And he falls off the ladder. <laughs> And he requires ice. Ice is balls. He ices his balls. And one of the firemen clearly knows him. Seems like it's a little bit of a small town, this Glen Canyon, Arizona. And he says, don't worry, you still have that great job at the country club. (laughs) Sure. Managing the pool. And uh, you can always, there's another test in six months. Six months is a long time in a job you hate. (laughs) So then we flash back to... Ira and Harry, they have rounded up a bunch of their students and put them on a bus, and they're going to go on a field trip. They're going to go get... I guess they plan to take the whole rock out of the cave. Mm-hmm. Which... They got a crane and everything. They were going to put Deke and Danny in charge of winching the rock out of the cave. That is like a terrible idea. Yeah, not, not a swift. But uh, Miss Arizona seems to be the only student of Harry's that came because she needs extra credit. Yeah. And the original plan that may have been uh, sexual favors <laughs> has gone away. I feel like there was enough students that some of them were probably Harry's and some of them were probably Iris. They were just getting whoever needed extra credit and whoever was willing to come. Because <laughs> if I didn't need f- extra credit, I probably would not have gone on that field trip. Although I would have missed it. No, I might have been curious. 
But uh, so they everybody goes down into so the I cavern. Went down there, and then I would have run away. <laughs> and things have changed since the last time they were there. There's all these mushrooms, and there's all this fog. It looks like the uh, meteorite brought its uh, fog machine with it. Mm-hmm. It's important not to travel without your dry eyes. Yeah. And um, they warn the kids not to touch the mushrooms, and they talk about the smell. Nadine complains about it. And it's hydrogen sulfide, ammonia, and methane. It's a different little atmosphere. And so they're walking towards the rock. And Nadine, Miss Arizona, future Miss Arizona, who's wearing unacceptable footwear for mm-hmm. belongings. For this field trip. <laughs> complains I think Orlando that, says something about that, doesn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, so she complains that she feels something wiggling on her uh on her toes. Yep. So they kind of reach down and waft the fog away and they see hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of little, like, flatworms. Ugh. It's gross. real gross. And they're all over her feet. And I would have screamed bloody murder, ran out of there, and never you wouldn't got, have gotten me back. <laughs> would have moved out of Arizona. But they snag one with some forceps and they bring it up to look at it and it dies. And Ira very astutely says that the oxygen atmosphere killed it and that it must need its own atmosphere to survive. So they take a sample and they like waft some of the air into the jar and then they put the little wormies in the jar. And, um, and then they, they nix the whole plan of hoisting. Yeah. Well, now they got worms to play with. They don't need that rock. They got worms. And then they go have lunch. Because when they're at lunch... They see, they see that their little worm guy just reproduces by mitosis, which seems very odd in a multi-celled organism like a worm. Well, I think flatworms do that. You cut them in half and they become two worms. Yeah. That's like a big thing. I don't really know much about flatworms, but that was pretty gross when it yeah. just ripped itself in two. And uh, they're, they're pretty excited about it, but Ira's like, we need to keep this a secret. And Harry's like, what about the government? And Ira's like... I know, we absolutely cannot tell them. I know those people, we just, they can't be trusted. He's like, what? How do you know those people? But he doesn't say. He's been very avoiding that every time it comes up. Then we see Wayne at his job. And uh, we see him getting uh, bullied a little bit by his boss, so to speak. The head of the club, I guess. I wasn't sure if he was the head of the club or if he was just one of the patrons that was there a lot. They don't really they don't really say. Who was super shitty to him. Yeah. Obviously rich white asshole number one. He's being very rude to Wayne. He's a damp towel. I mean come on. There should never be a damp towel. I'm like did you swim? Your towel's damp. I don't don't know. He didn't really look like he'd been swimming. I don't know. But so Wayne's pushing his car to towels, and he sees all these worms coming out from under a door. And he opens it, and it's, you know, like your your pool filter room or whatever. And there's all these worms coming out of a crack. But they're and, dead. Well, they're not all dead. And he's like, well, I'm going to kill them. So he grabs some bleach or chemicals or whatever it is. And then he kind of spots something in the water tank. And he's like, what is that? And he looks closer and it looks like a man-eating platypus. <laughs> Scares the bejesus out of him, and he's like, I'm out. And he just kind of leaves. Mm-hmm. Forget about he's killing like, them. All right, the worms can stay. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Bigger fish. 
Alright. It's the next day. Harry and Ira are going to go back to the site and they need more samples. So they're going to go get some more. But they get there and holy shit, the government has shown up. Helicopters flying yeah. in. Stop checkpoints. And they were quick. The military doesn't want to let them on site. And they say, hey, I'm Ira and this is Harry. And one of the soldiers is like, oh, you're Ira? Ira Kane? And he's like, yeah, maybe. And then the, the guy fumbles for his gun <laughs> and like he's going to shoot Ira. And any experienced soldier would have been able to get his gun out of the holster way before that. <laughs> I know that's what you're thinking, John, because you're giving me this look. You haven't said a single thing this whole podcast, but you keep giving me this look. Like, bitch, I would have shot him, but he gets tackled by his buddies and driven off, and the soldier's spouting about how you made my life hell. You ruined me. He was in a diaper for yeah. months. But I liked the altercation. Last switch on her. That's what happened. <laughs> I liked the altercation in the car when they rolled up, and Harry was like, "Hey, this is our discovery," and the military guy's like, "I don't give a shit who you are. You're not on the list." And I was like, "How about you tell your boss that we're here and we have been collecting samples and yada yada, and maybe he'll let us on." And he's like, "You got to know how to talk to the white man." <laughs> you talk to the white man. And he's like, I don't care how to talk to them. <laughs> There's Orlando Jones is one of those very expressive comedians, mm -hmm. so his face is really funny. Oh, yeah, his face is one of the best things about this movie. <laughs> but Harry wants to know what that soldier was all upset about, but I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But so they get waved down to the command tent, and they're told to go straight to the command tent and nowhere else. And they drive there, and some flunkies like, come on up this way. And it's General Woodman, who apparently knows Ira for a long time and is the head of the U.S. Army Research. And Harry's like, you worked for Army Research? He's the weird guy from Sons of Lambs. Well, this uh, Ted Levine was in a Buffalo lot of Bill stuff. Bean. Yeah. He's Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. He's been yeah. a lot of things. But yeah. And he would, he would F him. He's <laughs> one of those actors that you see all over the place. Yeah. But, um... Harry's like, Ira, you used to work for the Army Research at the Pentagon? And Ira goes, yeah. And he's like, and Harry says, all this time I thought you were just a school teacher. And Ira goes, no. <laughs> In a few words. It's just this real dry, like, no. Dude. And um, so Ira's like, how'd you guys get out here? What happened? And flunky number one, well, flunky number two, I guess, is he flunky? There's guy two with main flunkies. Guy with glasses is flunky number one. Guy, flunky number two is Phil from, from Modern, Modern Family. Family. <sighs> yep. And he's like, he's like, what'd you guys do? Tap my phone. And flunky number two is like, no, we were monitoring your computer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of fucked up. And then uh, we are introduced to our last main character, the lovely and talented Dr. Allison Reed from the CDC. Which seems pretty forward thinking that they would have the CDC here. And she's all mad because she's like, look, the contamination, you don't know what you're working with. Why didn't you call us? You guys are idiots. She's also portrayed as neurotic and OCD and very clumsy. And very clumsy. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of arguing where Ira and Harry are like, look, this is our research and you can't take this away from us. And they're like, well, you're going to have to, we'll keep you in the loop. 
but we're in charge now. And I was like, we are the loop. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I know what that means. And they have this big long argument that ends with Harry and Ira stomping off and Ira mooning them as they drive away, (laughs) which is real mature. Mm -hmm. And uh, our next scene is two weeks later. They've gone to court. Ira and Harry have taken the military to court, and the. Because about as good as you think it would. Yeah. They, they Although complain. we do learn a lot. Well, they tell the they tell the judge that they've been shut out. That the military won't let them in. It's been two weeks since they've been at the site, and it's their site, and they found it. And Doctor Reed, Allison is like, "Well, can I have permission to dispose, Mister Kane?" And that she was puts, a little weird. Around the stand and starts asking questions about his time with the army and how did he get dismissed and why did he get dismissed and did it have anything to do with this anthrax vaccine that vaccine that he administered to over a hundred thousand soldiers and he's like well maybe there's all kinds of side effects (laughs) your normal stuff like stomach cramps and diarrhea but also polar. Uh, paralysis and blindness and all this other horrible things is so bad that they called it the cane madness. So, which that's got to be pretty rough. Seems pretty bad. And it ends up that they have lost the case. Ira and Harry are pretty upset about it. Well, Harry's like, the fuck, dude? (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea. But they go back to Ira's office and well, apparently while they were in court, Flunky Number 2 has come and cleaned out all the research. They've wiped the hard drive. They've taken all the backups. They've stolen all the samples. Their shit. They mm-hmm. have just taken everything. So now they have no access to the site and they have no research. So they might as well have never been there at all. They're very upset. And they're like, they just can't do this. So they decide that they're going to go and get more samples. <coughs> it's late at night. They're going to break into the site. They've dressed up Harry like a private and Ira like a colonel. And Harry's like, why don't I get to be the colonel? Why do you get to be the colonel? Because I was a colonel. And he's like, because I was a colonel. <laughs> but they flop down in the dirt to cut through the uh, barbed wire fence. And nobody notices that the colonel is dirty as fuck. Yeah. Tony was like, there's no dirt on this outfit? Nothing? Nobody notices? <laughs> but they break in. They sneak around, and they see a couple of soldiers, and they walk right past, playing colonel. One of the soldiers flicks a cigarette butt, and they're like, pick up that butt, soldier, and walk past. And they go into uh, the site. The new, there's, everything is very high-tech. They've built this seal over the cavern hole, and this whole built structure all around it. It's very, just what you, very E.T., just what you would think that mm-hmm. the Navy would do, or the military would do. And they sneak past, and they go, and they put on these, what are they called? They're like hazmat suit kind of a thing. And they get these special sample containers and get in this super special elevator, and they think no one is going to notice them. (laughs) Which is awfully naive. Which there's cameras everywhere, (laughs) and as Orlando dances his way down the elevator, (laughs) they're clearly shown on camera. Where Flunky number one is talking to Lady Flunky about has somebody authorized somebody, nobody's supposed to be in there. So they've definitely been spotted. Like maybe it's the dudes from Sector Whatever getting a nocturnal. You know those guys are kind of weird. 
So they're content to kind of let it go. Was that an X-Files reference? I think so. There's a lot of little subtle kind of digs at the X-Files and stuff like that. Just little, little funny things. But they go downstairs, they step off the elevator, and it's now a whole alien wilderness. There's all kinds of... rainforest. (laughs) All kinds of weird stuff. And weird creatures. And, like, at one point, a tree eats a big old thing. I don't know. A push-me-pull-you caterpillar thing with 80 million legs. It's gross. Mm -hmm. Definitely animals running around. But, um... So they see... So Harry steps on a bug... Like a big bug. And all these other little bugs come to eat it. And I was like, oh, cool, snag one. And Harry says, I've seen this movie. The black guy dies first. <laughs> you snag it. And Harry, and I was like, come on, snag it. So he goes to snag it. And that's when it gets, I think that's when the tree eats it. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. Because it yeah. kind of scares the shit out of him. Yeah, it's hard to turn. I didn't write down everything in my notes. <laughs> Trying to keep but it. But while they're down there, Harry's giving Ira a hard time about Dr. Reed. Yeah. Dr. Reed likes it, according to Harry. Yeah. And I was like, uh, no, she one. doesn't. <laughs> one of the uh, things that walked by has quite a big butt. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Harry says it reminds him of Dr. Reed. You know what it reminded me of? When he mooned them earlier. If you're going to talk about a butt in this movie, it's the one we saw. But we time for ass chat? (laughs) (laughs) If you want to talk about that alien's butt. But I was like, who did the mooning? That's the butt I'm reminded of. But we see a flash to um, the control room where Flunky, number one, and Lady Flunky go up to Dr. Reed and ask her if anybody was authorized. And she says no. And they're like, well, you're going to need to see this. And that's when uh, she walks over just in time to hear Ira call her a humorous ice queen. But Harry keeps going and says that she just needs a good... Humping. Humping. No one uses the word humping anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to bring it back? And he's walking around kind of dry, humping the air behind him as he walks. And Ira's like, stop doing that behind my back. And Harry's like, I'm doing nothing as he dry humps him. <laughs> I'm just walking. But they go up to the rock, and they start to get a sample. And then they're confronted by Dr. Reed and the flunkies. And she's like, what are you doing in here? You're not even supposed to be down here. And they're like, well, we had to come and get samples. And there's an argument. While there's an argument, there's a giant mosquito. It's kind of flitting around. And he cuts a hole in Harry's suit. He cuts his way in. With his laser, razor beak. So there's this big... And all of a sudden, Harry interrupts the argument. He's like, there's something in my suit. And they're like, there's nothing in your suit. You're in a sealed suit. And all of a sudden, there it is. It's in my suit. It's in my suit. And he's freaking out. And he's freaking out. So I was like, just turn up the oxygen. It'll kill it. And then all of a sudden, he's like, it's in me. (laughs) And I don't know how it got in him. He does not explain. No. But But it's there. But so then... He's freaking out, and they take him upstairs to their, into the lab, where a doctor is like, it's cr- it's under. They 
he's in all of a sudden he's in like a gown and you see it under his skin very much like in the mummy with the scare beetles yeah. under the skin mm-hmm. and they see it crawling down his leg under the skin and the doctor's like we might have to amputate and then it turns around and it starts and he's going like, up. Don't, don't amputate, he, don't amputate. Goes, <laughs> now he's heading for the testicles. He thinks he's he goes, a Take the leg, take <laughs> the leg. <laughs> and, uh, and then the guy's like, oh no, it's veering off. And he's like, oh, thank God. And then the doctor whips out these giant forceps and he's like, I think it's heading for the colon. I can go in with forceps and get the, and I can get it. Somebody says something about lubricant, and he's like, there's no time for lubricant. There's always time for lubricant. <laughs> and so he goes in rectally to, and is digging around there for this bug. And it's really funny because Dr. Reed and Ira are like, it's okay. They're holding his it's hands. It's so good. You do it so well. Just a little more. And the doctor's like, just a little bit deeper. And he's like, no, no, not deeper. <laughs> and they finally pull it out. Poor... Poor Harry. His poor, poor buttocks. <laughs> but it seems as though they're not going to press charges because they had to up perform rectal surgery on <laughs> Harry, and that seems like it's punishment enough. Mm-hmm. So they let it go. He's not going to break in again. No. So they leave. And then we go to the country club. We see another fun aspect of Wayne's job. This time he's bartending playing a Hawaiian warrior for some rich luau party that they're having. But the drinks aren't strong enough. Yes. the uh, For the asshole dude. The asshole dude decides that his Mai Tai is not strong enough. And Wayne talks some shit about him behind his back, which he doesn't hear. But the asshole decides that he, he makes eye contact with this lady across the party. And they kind of give each other a wink wink and a nudge nudge. And then we see the asshole out on the fifth gre- or the fourth green, he's setting up a blanket. He's got champagne. He's gonna Some make a glasses. little love, get down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but he spills champagne on his pants. He's like, "Shit, that's gonna stain." <laughs> so he goes down. He's right by the water trap. He goes down, dips his hanky in, and uh, dips it in. And then his lady friend calls him, and he's like, "Oh, I'm down here." And he turns away. And as he turns away. Something pops up out of the water. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the fuck is that? An alligator? I thought they were in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> but dips back down, and he dips his hanky back in, and all of a sudden it pops up and it charges him. Yep. And he's running up the hill screaming, and this thing is chasing him. And she comes down and she sees it right as the thing gets him and drags him back into the water and like eats him. And she's screaming and screaming and. We go flashback to the party. We can hear the screams, and she bursts into the room. Something just ate Barry Cartwright. <laughs> so, well, we Wayne get, won't have to worry about him anymore. Yeah, he does not look sad to hear the news. No, yeah, he's <laughs> trying not to laugh. He has like he has that typical laugh face, and then somebody looks at him and he takes a, a frown. Like that's oh, horrible. So then we go, oh, so then we flash to Dr. Reed and Ira as they're leaving, and he's putting Harry in the car, and they have a little bit of a shared moment about how he, Ira, this was his ticket out of Arizona. He's been exiled here, and he wanted out, and she's like, well, I'm not going to press charges, but you guys got to go. So they go, they pull up to the college, and they pull up, they pull up right next to Wayne's car, 
You're like, hey, that car's familiar. I know that car. <laughs> and Harry's walking like he just had something stuck up his butt. Like he had a colonoscopy gone awry. He's like, you gonna be okay? And he's like, I'm never gonna be okay. <laughs> and they see, they come up to Ira's door and they see Wayne sitting out on the floor. And he's like, hey, there was a, this guy at the golf course got killed on the fourth green by this, and by this thing. And we chased it all around the uh, golf course and it finally died in a sand trap. It looked like it had just ran out of oxygen. Mm. And I'd never seen this thing before, so I thought maybe you guys could tell me what it is. And they're all intrigued because they're, cause they're like, you say, ran out of oxygen, like, like couldn't breathe. So they take it in and they open it up and they got a, a thing. They're back in business. Mm-hmm. They got a sample. A big one. It's a big, creepy sample. And then our next scene is uh, Jill's house. These ladies look like they're having some sort of Mary Kay party, maybe. A couple of housewives and somebody in a business suit, maybe selling them something. Something Maybe. they probably don't need. Marital aids. <laughs> Perhaps. But uh, one of the ladies goes to get a drink and is like, Jill, Jill, you, you, you got some kind of infestation here. You need to check this out. And she's like, no, I don't. And she's like, come, come look at this. This is not okay. And so all the ladies come and they're surrounding it. And they see coming out from underneath the closet door are these little worm guys, the flatworms. Mm -hmm. yeah. Something starts banging on the door. If you're the lady who lives there, you're like, oh, <coughs> oh, like, this is the worst time for this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she goes around my house. Gross. But she says, Grace opened the door. Grace doesn't live there. I know. Why the fuck should she open the door? But Grace apparently is the brave one because she does. And out comes this very strange, very wormy, sad looking, yeah. sad, wormy dog. I mean, it's very hard to describe this thing, but the it looks so sad. One girl asks if she has a dog. She's like, that's not a dog. And the other lady's like, it's some, the consultant woman is like, no, it's some kind of rodent. Maybe a muskrat? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a muskrat that looks like that. But Grace apparently is not only the dumbass that he convinced to open the weird door, but, but also decides to looks pet it. sad and cute and wants having to trouble breathing. So she reaches to pet it, and it fucking bites her. <laughs> Because there's a second head inside its mouth. Yeah, it opens its mouth and something comes out. It bites her arm. Like, like a, a tentacle head. <laughs> like a vulture her. head on a tentacle. There's yeah. like a beak thing. I don't know. It tries to bite her. Or like alien. Mm. And it, she freaks out and the thing kind of charges at him a little bit and then falls over and dies. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't freak you out, I don't know what will. They call the police. And then we go to Dr. Reed's hotel. And the uh, army's dropping her off, and she's like, come back in an hour. No, two hours. No, an hour and a half. She gets out of the Jeep, and she shuts the door, and her jacket's shutting the door, and then she has to open it, and a whole big more of this. She's kind of clumsy stuff and mm -hmm. awkward. And she, go, she goes in the lobby, and Ira's there waiting for her, and he stops her, and he's like, look, I got to tell you, this stuff is spreading there was, and she's like, are you talking about the golf course thing? We have that contained. And he's like, I don't think you have shit contained. You really need to talk to Woodman. And then he hits on her. And she likes it. <laughs> but he says, we have to stop this before we can't stop it. And she's like, we have it under control. And he's like, no, you don't. These things are evolving insanely fast. Yeah. She says she'll talk to Woodman. But she doesn't think it's going to do any different. No. But Iris seems confident that he that she's gonna do it that 
it's going to help. So he goes to the diner where Harry and Wayne wait for him and they have lunch or breakfast, I guess. And uh, while they're at the diner, we get this little side plot with Iris X, Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who wants to borrow their cream or something. She's having uh, breakfast with, the off, with Officer Johnson, the cop. And he's another character actor that's been in a bunch of stuff. I think his first name stuff. is Richard. He was, <laughs> was he in Super Troopers? I think so. He was also on uh, Mad TV with Orlando. Yeah. So he was a Mad TV alum. I just briefly looked at his IMDb. But uh, he's doing an excellent job as the cop who's just slightly inept. Mm. Not completely inept, but just slightly inept. There's an argument about some shirts, because apparently when this ex left Ira, she took all his shirts. She may be she's still wearing, wearing one, one of them one. right now. Yeah. And she's like, you want your shirt back? Here, take your shirt. And she starts to unbutton your shirt. And uh, everybody seems to be into that. And the cop's like, oh, I think you can keep it for another day. Yeah. Like, There was a point where Sarah Silverman was everybody's girlfriend in movies for some reason. This is the way where she was in Way of the Gun. There's a few movies where she was just the girlfriend for like a scene. She was in that great Saving Silverman movie with Jason Biggs. Mm -hmm. That's actually a good movie. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Neil Diamond. Still no. <laughs> right. um, but the argument is interrupted by the police radio because Officer Johnson's got to go. It's a twelve seventy two. Wayne, who's been training for all things, help um, emergency first emergency yeah. first responder. First responder. Thank you, honey. Um, oh, look, John, you can talk. <laughs> um, Not to you. Oh. <laughs> but he's right. like that's a that's an animal related. And he, he's like, yeah, that's a, a 1272 is an animal attack. And he's like, don't you think it's weird for the golf course and stuff that there's an animal attack? And I was like, should we check it out? And they're like, yeah. So they go and they check it out. And the first person, they, they go to the address, and the first person they see on scene is Officer Johnson. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what are you doing here? And we're like, we thought we should check it out. And he's like, you guys aren't supposed to be here, but... They're like, how do you know that it wasn't contaminated? Did you touch it? And apparently he, he did. He definitely touched he it. He touched it with he his bare it. hands, yes. and they freak him out enough that he's like, fine, go in. And uh, so Ira and Harry go in to look at the dead muskrat, yeah. or whatever it is. And Wayne goes to scout the perimeter, because he can't talk himself, himself past Officer Johnson. And while they're, they're in the house, and they're looking at this thing, and they're like, and they see that it dug right up through the dirt into the crawl mm -hmm. and they're kind of freaked out and then Wayne all of a sudden comes in through the back and it's like you guys gotta come see this like come see this right now and he's like I was out checking the perimeter and look what I found and apparently the backyard's kind of at the top of maybe like <coughs> a little bit of a cliff yeah. a little hill and you look down at the edge of this hilly area and there is what looks to be a hundred dead dinosaurs mm-hmm all laying on the ground dead. To which but are they? Guys. Well, a couple of them are quite of them dead. Are mostly dead. But they're not all dead. <laughs> <laughs> but Harry shows an impressive knowledge of the local cave system here, where he see where he talks about well, how he shows us that he really is a geologist, <laughs> and that all these caves are interconnected, and that the cavern where the meteorite landed was in this direction and there's feeders all over here and that's where all these animals are coming out and over there is another cave system and he just 
talks about it and it makes it's wonderful science. And you're like, I didn't know you had it in you, dude. <laughs> and while they're talking, Wayne's like, that one's still moving. And they run over, and one of these dinosaur creatures, because they kind of look like pterodactyls or how you would, little flying dragon things yeah. or something like that, and it's trying to breathe. And I was like, well, it can't survive in this oxygen environment. And this thing kind of like makes all these noises and wheezes and then hocks up this sack of fluid that's just gross. And huge. And huge. Gross dino loogie. And... But it's not a loogie, it's an embryonic sac, yeah. and a baby bursts out, and it can breathe oxygen, and it fucking flies off. And they're like, holy oh, shit. shit. And they mm -hmm. jump into the Jeep to follow it. Thank God some of, one of those guys is, owns a Jeep, or Harry <laughs> owns a Jeep. <laughs> yeah, without news. Harry, they would have just been fucked. <laughs> yeah. But they track this flying dino. Into the local mall. Because it, it flies away, sees them all, and decides, I need some new shoes. <laughs> Crashes into the mall. And then we see Ira, Harry, and Wayne get from the mall, and they go and immediately hit up the local sporting goods store and get some shotguns. Like you would. Very People logical. are fleeing the mall. Nobody seems to mind what they're doing <coughs> at all. Like People are running out. They're running in. But not everybody's running out. In fact, some people are shoplifting. Because <laughs> we get a quick flash of inside a dressing room where this girl is layering shirts over shirts. Somebody's knocking on the door and she's like, just a minute. And somebody's banging on the door and she's like, I'll be out in a minute, bitch. And then all of a sudden, the bitch is not a bitch, but it's a dinosaur monster. She says, I'll scratch your eyes out or something. And opens yeah. it. I was like, she's got some nerve for somebody who has obviously... Has seven shirts on. <laughs> yeah. If it's an attendant from the store, you got a lot of nerve now threatening her from the other side of the door. If it was an attendant, they would have said something by now. Probably. They would use some words. <laughs> but it was a dragon monster. But it was a dragon monster. And it grabs her. Even that happens. And yeah. flies her all over the mall. <laughs> Sorry. But the boys are going hunting. And Wayne has this bright idea to try to lure it with hunting sounds. Those aren't hunting sounds. Well, no, it really struck me as very odd. <laughs> I don't know. They're bird noises, I guess. It flies past them, and then they kind of lose it. Like, because it's a big flying monster, and they're only moving as fast as they can run, which is not as fast as the flying monster. But Wayne finds a microphone. And he cacaws again. And Harry is like, that does not work. I think we've established that that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. They threaten to cacaw, shoot him. Cacaw, or tookie, tookie. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne tries something different. Sings a little Lionel Richie at him. A little karaoke action. Which does work. And uh, they're like, it's working, keep going. So he can't. I would sing the song, but I don't sing, so... <laughs> <laughs> So the it's coming towards him, and Iris says, "I'm gonna shoot him." Harry, you get the girl, and the bird's flying. And in an unprecedented moment of competence, Iris shoots it, and Harry grabs the girl. Yeah. Who saw that coming? I thought it was gonna epically fail. Yeah, no, it worked out. But still, somehow work out. Yeah. I didn't expect him to actually pull it off. Harry is an athlete. <laughs> 
Hmm? And Ira apparently took some uh, shooting lessons <laughs> from when he was in the old army. from old Dennis Hopper. Possible. <laughs> Cause who knew he you could hit a flying dinosaur with a shotgun? Way and to go, girl David says, I promise I'm never gonna shoplift again. <laughs> well, you know what? If you shoplift, that's what you get. You get carried <laughs> off by a giant dino monster. <laughs> but the guys walk up to the to the to its body on the ground, all badass. I was like, What do you want? White meat or dark meat? And Harry goes, What do you think? And then it moves, so they shoot the shit out of it, mm. like you would. Yeah. But then they head off feeling all badass. We cut to them in the Jeep, and I thought, are they going to have like a tarp or a trailer, and they're going to have this thing on it? But no, they just left it in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. At this point. <laughs> they're badass. They don't need it. And then we cut to the news reports, and it's all about... The creatures and where they've been and the different attacks and the bodies on the hill and about how the government is not responding. And uh, then we see, we get to meet our co-star, Dan Aykroyd, in his yeah. first scene, more than halfway through the Shows movie. He was at Walmart. Yeah. Governor, Arizona Governor Lewis, he goes to the government site and he's like, what is the situation? Why did no one call me? There are aliens in my state. And they show some fun graphics, um, all a la Outbreak style, mm -hmm. showing that in three days, the spread of the ecosystem will have spread through all of Glen Valley. Mm -hmm. And within two months, the whole of the United States will yeah. be covered with this alien ecosystem. And, the and people that, will be gone. Be extinct. And the governor wants to know what they're going to do. And apparently their solution is kill it with fire. Which generally is a pretty good pretty good plan. But they're going to napalm it. And while they're tell, call, telling them this wonderful plan, I run Harry bust and Wayne bust in. Like, how the fuck did they get there? Mm. <laughs> because all of a sudden, like, they're like, hello, governor. Yeah. And Harry's like, I voted for you. And Wayne's like, I'm with them. <laughs> and he's like, we don't know what fire will do to it. We can't set him on fire. You need to get this situation under real control. And uh, they have another argument ensuing. What are you guys even doing here? You don't know what you're talking about. And the general wants to arrest them because they broke in. Yeah. And they're not supposed to be there. And they're like, hey, we just killed the thing at the mall. You should be thanking us. We're heroes. And then Flunky number one is like, you guys need to come over to the control room. Something is going down. And they all go over there. And something has broken camera one of the cameras. And they're looking and everybody's crowding around. And they see this weird primate. Yeah, monkey-ish. It's a no-nose no chimp. No-nose <laughs> chimp. It's a yeti. Yeah, it looks like a yeti. <laughs> it actually looks like the... Um, did you see the the Time Machine movie? Yeah. With, Looks uh, like the Morlocks or whatever they're called. Yeah, the newest one. Yeah. Guy Pierce. Yes, with yeah. Guy Pierce. Missed that one. It did. And uh, as did. What? It, uh, I can't see them all. It was, you know, <laughs> or, any worth of or any of them if you're me. <laughs> but uh, they've evolved into primates, which is very impressive. And Harry says that's a face for radio. <laughs> And um, he's, they start breaking all the cameras, which freaks them all out. 
And then, all of a sudden, the elevator starts coming up. And they're like, we don't have anybody down there. So, they call for backup. And the troops immediately rally. They seem like they're ready for some action. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're all standing around. And the elevator opens, but it's empty. Oh, shit. Where's it at? It bursts out of the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And attacks them. Mm -hmm. And a fight ensues. And ends with Wayne shooting the shit out of the primate. Because flunkies kind of fled. And the governor was injured. And, <laughs> and when shit goes down, Wayne's a real hero. <laughs> but the governor gets so freaked out by almost being attacked by this monster. Especially when his flunkies ran away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gives the general the go-ahead to do whatever he wants. Because he wasn't down for the napalm idea at first. It was going to ruin a whole lot of property. And they had to evacuate the whole town. Isn't there a better way? But now he's like, fuck it, do it. I don't care. Yeah. He seems like they might even... He might even go on board with the nuke plan at this point. (laughs) Seems pretty... Pretty scared. But the general has Ira and Harry and Wayne thrown out. And they go out to their car and wait, wait, wait. Dr. Reed runs out and she's going to go with them. Mm-hmm. Which I still don't understand why she made this choice. Yeah, she kind of just quit. But yeah, she quit her like, job. Yeah, she's pissed off about why, how they're handling it. But if she leaves, then she yeah. can't do anything about how they're handling it. The general just, you know, just calls the general an asshole and she's out of there. And um, she brings with her... Um, all their original samples and research. She's like, so even if everything goes bad, you guys will still get the credit. And uh, she jumps in the car with them, and Wayne's like, hey, how are you? And she's like, well, Because I'm- she jumps in and falls. Oh, I know. <laughs> Which is... Carly's not a fan. Oh. <laughs> I am so tired of movies where every woman who in otherwise would be smart and competent just keeps falling all over the place. <laughs> it's my least favorite well, movie, this is, movie trope. Well, this was back in 2001. I know, but every it's time she time fucking ago. fell, it took me right out of the movie. And I was like, <laughs> she did it again. <laughs> I'm with you on this one, darling. It drove me crazy. <laughs> 17 years ago, and it really only happens like four times. It's like every time she appears, she either drops everything she has or falls. Mm-hmm. All right. Completely incompetent. I am with you, Carl. But she's supposed to, she's the only smart, competent woman in this movie. The only woman in this movie is Nadine. And no, and then, no, there's Lady Flunky. There's Lady was, Flunky. Does she really count? And then, But she falls in every scene. So either you're a bumbling idiot or a whore. <laughs> or you're just a bureaucrat who goes around saying, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It drove me crazy. Every time she fell, it took me right out of the movie. It, it didn't bother me at all. Oh, it pissed me <laughs> off so much. I Half my notes As are going, why does the only competent movie in the <laughs> woman in the movie keep falling down? As someone who constantly trips and has fallen repeatedly up the stairs, <laughs> that trope doesn't bother me. Because you know what? Most fucking people are clumsy. But nobody else in the movie is. Oh. <laughs> just her. I don't know. Wayne got hit in the dick <laughs> with the fire hose. But I mean, granted, he was, it was because asleep. he was asleep and tired. We don't get the impression. That we just get the impression that she falls twenty four seven. Everywhere right. she goes, she falls. Okay. 
And so uh, they drive back to town. And by the time they've gotten back to town, apparently the evacuation order has gone out because the military has gotten there way before them, even though they did immediately get kicked out. (laughs) And um, I guess tanks are much faster than that Jeep. Sure. Because the military is everywhere (laughs) evacuating people. But they drive up to the college campus, and apparently an end-of-the-world party is happening. Like it would. Let's like it would. I've been to hurricane parties. People do this. <laughs> see Danny and Deke again, our old idiot brothers, getting drunk, having a good time. But uh, our heroes pass them by, and they go straight to the lab. Ira's super frustrated and wants to know how to kill it. And he starts talking to the goo in the Petri dish, mm-hmm. reminiscing about when it was just the two of them, and just, just letting know the secret. And all of a sudden, Harry's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and Ira's like, when did you start smoking? And he's like, well, it's kind of the end of the world. End of the world. Yeah, why should I worry about it? And he has lit a match, and he gives the match a toss. I'm guessing into the sink? I guess. <laughs> I missed but he misses and he hits the petri dish, which causes a very large chemical reaction of some kind and an evolutionary reaction and causes this mutation where all the stuff in the petri dish kind of bubbles up and turns into a gross purpley vine yeah, that climbs halfway up the wall. Octopus monster. I guess. And they realize that, um, that the fire is like miracle grow, and that the napalm is going to be a huge fucking mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, shit, you got to call g- the general right now because this is going to be terrible. And He's not taking no calls. So mm-hmm. Reed goes to call him, and the general is making a very cool, we're going to murder them all speech. And he gets interrupted by Flunky, and he's like, Dr. Reed's on the phone. And he's like, I don't fucking care. I'm busy over here. Mm -hmm. And so he won't even take her call. And she goes back, and she's like, he wouldn't even take my call. And they're all depressed because they don't know what to do. But Danny and Deke come in because they're like, let's have a beer. (laughs) Just chill out, relax, calm down, have a beer. Thought you guys might need a few. (laughs) And while they're being your typical idiot college kids, Ira notices the back of Dr. Reed's shirt Because she's a cool, nerdy babe, and her shirt has the periodic table on it. And he's looking at it, and he has an epiphany. The dumbest plot twist of the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) Jason. It makes me wonder, wasn't there a periodic table just on the wall? (laughs) But he sees the one on her shirt, and he's like, oh, I have it. If arsenic kills us, then selenium will kill them. You know what else kills us? Fire. <laughs> but Wayne's like fire is not gonna work on that. But they're all like selenium. Where are we gonna get five hundred gallons of selenium at two a.m.? And all of a sudden, our bumbling idiots, Danny and Deke, finally show why they're characters in the movie because they're like, no problem, we got that five hundred gallons. And he's gallons. like, and they're like head and shoulders. And I was like, how do you know that? You don't know about anything. <laughs> don't know about anything. And Danny's like. Scratches his head and is like, yeah, but we're flake-free. We know all about dandruff shampoo. So, they got a plan. They're going to get all the dandruff shampoo, and then they're going to... In the whole city? In the whole city. In the world. (laughs) Apparently, Wayne has stolen a fire truck. 
I can only assume. <laughs> because we flashed yeah. the next scene, and we got a fire truck, and we're filling up the water reservoir, which I thought that there wasn't a reservoir on the truck. I thought you hooked into the hose, into the fire hydrant. But I don't know. I don't know much about fire trucks. Don't pull the threads. But well, they fill, maybe in Arizona they do things differently. Maybe they don't have a lot of... Uh, they, there's <laughs> other students around, too. They've gotten the whole college. Everybody bring out their... Dandruff shampoo. Everybody had to go buy five bottles of head and shoulders. Yeah. And they had filled it up with all or the looted. head and shoulders and that you could get. And they're going to go, and they're going to drive off and save the world. And this takes us to the most awkward line in the entire movie, where Dr. Reed tells Ira, I would have rocked your world. Because <laughs> at some point she says that she's not just an ice queen, yeah. a humorless ice queen, and he's like, oh, you heard that conversation. Yeah. But she's like, I would have rocked your world. And he's like, you already rocked my world. It doesn't Aww. seem like something she would have said, though. Yeah, well, that's why it was so awkward. It was an awkward line. It was awkward delivery. It felt awkward. But it's, a little, fit her character. it's a little weird, but it's, it might be the end of the world. So yeah. maybe they're yeah. trying to get some hits in. I don't know. But yeah. It's a little off. But Harry says that there is an abandoned silver mine they can go to and it's connected to all the caves. So that's that's their goal. So they're going to go. So they head out on the fire truck. And then we see the military gearing up for their operation Burn It With Fire. <laughs> setting up all these barrels of napalm and putting all these timers on it. We go black. They're ahead of schedule. And when we go yeah. back to our heroes... And they've pulled up to the mine entrance. And they're like, and they go in there and they're looking for a connection to the caves. And at one point, Harry licks the wall and is like, sulfur, we're definitely close. <laughs> and I was like, 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 we don't have time for you to pretend that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then we go back to the military. And this is where they tell, where they're talking about how they're ahead of schedule. They can go early. This is going to be wrapped up before lunch. They're all excited. Flashback to our heroes. They found an entrance to the cavern. I don't know if they... They don't show how they found it. So I don't know if they picked... If they dug through the wall or what. Because it seems like on one side is nothing and on the other side is ecosystem. So they must have broke through the wall. Maybe we're here he licked it. <laughs> <laughs> but they climb in there. And they had sent Wayne back to the truck. And they're like, when we radio you, turn on the hose. And we're going to fire. Blast them. But so they're in there, and they're like, we're going to cover the rock, and then we're going to run out of here. But holy shit, there's the primate thing. Mm-hmm. And it starts to attack, attack them, but then, kaboom, shit's on fire. They attacked early. They attacked early. So they run away. The napalm, of course, causes a massive evolutionary chemical, biological... Reaction. reaction and everything starts turning into pulsing maroon goop, goop and they're running screaming it's like a giant amoeba mm-hmm. as they run out of the mine and Wayne's like what's happening and they're like run 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 oh my god and we see the military and their bunker and the governor who showed up to watch and the ground starts to shake and all of a sudden this giant six-armed land kraken emerges (laughs) from the ground and it has caused one massive single-celled creature to form 
There's a throwaway line by Reed that says, what is it, the most successful creatures are the, the simplest. simplest ones? Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. But yeah. under stress, some like they, the single, the simplest creatures. Yeah. Which mm. I guess kind of makes sense. You think about like the most harshest environments on our planet, like volcano vents and stuff. They still find life, and they're often very small organisms, yeah. not com, you know, not terribly complex creatures. So it makes sense. But. The yeah, heroes are kind of Selsun Blue would have better <laughs> as as the land kraken emerges from the ground. Our heroes are stunned and they're just kind of gaping at it. But the military, as if all of the members of Shadowbrook PD joined the army, <laughs> instantly attacks. And while the general starts yelling, "Fall back! Fall back!" which they do, but they did immediately attack it. Which no hesitation. No hesitation. But they're not doing any good. But no. Doesn't but, help any. But the heroes are watching, and they realize something ha- some, something's happening. Starting a pulse and wiggle. Shit, that's going to divide. Yep. And it's going to start all over again. We have to act now. And Wayne's like, so uh, is this uh, dandruff shampoo plant still in effect? And they're like, hell yeah, it is. And they get on with plan anti-dandruff. And they so jump back. This straight. They didn't try this, right? <coughs> nope. They had some in the lab. They didn't try it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, evidently not. Okay. Not that we saw. <laughs> Just checking. But they jump on the fire truck and they start driving it towards the land kraken. The military, meanwhile, is repeat was retreating, and they're like, "Who are those dudes on the fire truck? Where the fuck did that come from?" And our fire truck drives right underneath. The land cracking, and they're like weak spot. Yep, and they find the butthole, (laughs) a sphincter of some sort. It seems like it farts on them at one point, and they're completely grossed out. And so am I. (laughs) But they raise the ladder, and Iris starts to climb the ladder, and Harry's like, "No, it's payback time." After me, (laughs) and he climbs up first. Kind of a mistake. (laughs) He definitely seems to. uh, Regret that almost immediately. Mm-hmm. As they finally get up to the blowhole, reverse blowhole, I don't know what that thing is. And they reverse sti- blow. <laughs> they stick the hose up in there, they turn it on, and they start filling that fucker up with sh- dandruff shampoo. Of course, it starts pulsating, and oh my god, it sucks Harry into it. Mm-hmm. And he's hanging out, you can just see his feet. And Ira yells, Give me back my friend, you big sphincter! <laughs> <laughs> and he finally, and Harry's screaming, Get me out, get me out! And they pull him out, and Harry's like, You don't know what I've seen in there! It's very upsetting. But the mission is complete. So they run away again, which you fucking would. Uh huh. And drive, drive, drive! <laughs> and it's like bubbling over and just becoming this big pulsating, disgusting mass, and it explodes, and ye gross yellow goo goes everywhere. But it's dead. But it's dead. They killed it. There are heroes that have saved the day. Mm. We get a fun shot of the general covered in goo, and the flunky, flunky number two, spraying him with a hose, mm-hmm. very funnily. Then we see the Governor in the background, giving a little mini press conference right there on the street, introducing the heroes. 
starting with Wayne. Mm-hmm. Talked, he apparently already talked to the fire captain. And he's yeah, made Wayne a, a fireman. And he introduces Harry, this wonderful, who also, who says he's a geologist and also the most winningest volleyball, volleyball <laughs> coach. For the community college ever. ever. And he gives a great team spirit. First, I got to thank God. <laughs> makes all things possible. Makes all things, and he does a great speech. But Ira and Dr. Reed had kind of given each other a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Is this where you really want to be? And they sneak off. So then when the governor goes to introduce them, they're nowhere to be found. And we see them in the fire, hop in the fire truck. They're about to get down. <laughs> Can't wait. I think I might want to take a shower. I don't I just... Where Iris been. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the movie. Wait. Is it? Starts. It seems like it's the end, but then it comes right back, and we get this excellent dandruff commercial for, he- for Head & Shoulders. Get a little bit of product placement. I'm sure Head & Shoulders gave them some of that $80 million budget. <laughs> so we get a very fun Head & Shoulders commercial as our outro, and then... Uh, the movie is over. <laughs> and the audience claps and cheers because it was a great effort. And Carly, tell us all about how much you love this movie. All right. My favorite character by far is Harry. As far as I'm concerned, if he weren't in this movie, nobody should watch it. <laughs> He's fantastic. His facial expressions, the way he delivers the lines. I love Orlando Jones. He's fantastic. My least favorite character is Phil from Modern Family, because I love that guy, and they didn't do anything with him. Well, he wasn't a thing yet. This is way before that. I know, but he's fantastic, and you can see some elements of that in this movie, but they just wasted him, and they didn't do anything with him. Yeah, yeah, he does have that great... No, we, we were... Monitoring your computer. Yeah. I mean, he, he could have done more, but they didn't do anything with him. He's good in Dawn of the Dead. And, uh... He was great in National Treasure. <laughs> my favorite line is Two. getting barbecued oh. like baby back ribs. That's foreplay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which Harry said when they had uh, broken in before he got the fly in his suit. And my favorite scene is... Um, I wasn't sure if it was... It, it was either when they took the students to the site and they found the flatworms, or when they arrive at the site the first time once the military has taken over. Because I like the interactions between the characters in both of those scenes. Um, I had never seen this movie before, so I have no nostalgia for it. And every time she fell, it really pissed me off. So I will give this movie a maybe? <laughs> it seemed like she was maybe in her own maybe. I... I... There were parts I really enjoyed, and I really liked the interactions between David Duchovny and uh, Orlando. I thought that they were great, but so much of the movie just was really silly (laughs) and didn't make a whole lot of sense. So it was all right, but I don't know that... uh, that I would say, ooh, yes, you gotta go watch it. Well, let's just go around the table. We'll go right to John. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because that's why we're here. Uh, my favorite character is also Harry. He's the best. Yeah, he was um, He was a shining light in this movie. My least favorite character <laughs> is gonna be Wayne, because I just, I don't like his shtick. It's the same shtick, and it's old and stupid. Mm-hmm. 
my favorite line is, well, it's a series of lines. Um, would you like something? I want some ice cream. What flavor? Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. It's from my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. And my favorite scene is the Head and Shoulders commercial at the end. Because I, I love a post-credit scene, and I, I like that they didn't make me wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It really reminded me of the Captain America um, fitness stuff from Spider-Man. Did you I see Spider-Man? Spider oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. Did I haven't you? seen it. Oh, Jesus, you guys need to go see Spider-Man, because there's some fun Captain America presidential fitness videos oh, yeah. that are in the same kind of campy vein as the dander shampoo commercial. Mm. Please go see Spider-Man. I will check it out. Tony, go see Spider-Man. I know Carly won't see it, but go see Spider-Man. <laughs> All right. It's really good. I will. All right. Sorry, hon. I'm done. Yay, nay, or maybe. Oh, yeah. Sure. Did uh, you give us a favorite scene? Yeah, yeah. there was a Celsius. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, sure. Watch if you're into stupid movies. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a yay or a maybe? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm putting that down as a yay. <laughs> okay. All right, Tony. Oh, <laughs> uh, favorite character is Ira because it's David Duchovny. Least favorite character was General Dick. General uh, Dick, Buffalo Bill. Yeah. General Woodbridge. Favorite line was. Uh, <laughs> oh, I get that, Dick Woodbridge. Okay, I yeah. see what you did. His favorite line was. He thinks he's an athlete when he was talking about cutting his leg <laughs> yeah. off. And that was my favorite scene, too, the hospital scene where they're going to cut his leg off and think about cutting his balls off or whatever. Tony wrote down his favorite line before we started watching it. Yeah, I remembered <laughs> it, and it was my favorite. Um, I'll maybe it. It's um, it's a little silly, but it's, you know, Ivan Reitman does, you know, silly movies sometimes, and, you know, I'd watch it again. <laughs> my favorite character is Ira. Hmm? My least favorite character is Nadine, the <laughs> Miss Arizona. Yeah. I just, I you don't like when women fall down. I don't like that you might have to sleep with your professor to get extra credit. So I just. Yeah, women not portrayed incredibly well in this movie. I feel like someone who is confident enough to be Miss Arizona needs to have a little bit more self-esteem. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a bit. And um, my favorite scene is... Uh, the mall. <laughs> Everything from getting oh, yeah. the guns I had one to thing I killing. To add. Sorry, uh -huh. um, you said it was Lionel Richie. That's actually Joe Cocker who's saying you are so beautiful. Oh, I thought it was Lionel Richie. Not even close, but well, you're way better at music than me, so I don't feel bad at all for being wrong. They sound. I'm glad like. that you corrected me, so I don't get tweets. Although I like it when I get tweets, so feel free to tweet at me and correct me anyways on Movie Pod. Um, thank you for correcting me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm going to give this a big yay. I like it. I think it's silly and campy. And not every movie can be a heavy drama. Sometimes you need silly and campy. Especially if you're maybe not having the best week and you just kind of want to some watch something lighthearted. Put this on. It's better than you remember. And the dialogue is really good. So uh, that was Evolution. All right. So. Well, so. Please find us. On Twitter at a movie podcast. To tweet at me about how I don't know about music. <laughs> Hi Ben. You, you can contact yeah Ben. Ben, Hi, ben. Hi Nicole. Uh, you can contact me on Instagram at unmoviepodcastdocs. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com and find us on facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. 
Find us wherever you find podcasts. Like, rate, review, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. And next week... <gasps> it's John's, John's pick. On the podcast. <laughs> and the movie he's chosen is... It's another Orlando Jones movie. Oh, really? really? The Replacements. Oh. No, I've actually seen that. Holy shit. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, is this a movie we've all seen? I've seen it. Holy Clearly shit. Seen it. This, <laughs> hey, I don't think we've all seen a movie since that's ever. Usually, that's usually Carly's fault. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, we'll see you later. Wait, no. David Duchovny. We're David. back. We're back. We forgot something. This just in. Special this, post credit scene. This just in. Really? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Thank <laughs> you.